Yeah, cracking open a cold one. <laughs> Not even. A room temperature Dr. Pepper, baby. Oh, wow. Mmm. Nothing but the best for my darling. Is there a, a Dr. Pepper slogan? 23. Authentic blend of 23 flavors. So no. No. <laughs> Just say no. I'm Liza Poor. I'm Mike Palasic. Every week, we randomly pick two movies from our stupidly large DVD collection, watch them, and discuss. When it's all over, we can only keep one. Two discs enter. One disc leaves. This is DVD DVD Deathmatch. Hi, hi, hi. Hello. How's it going? Going great. I love that. Um... It's Thursday, uh, <laughs> oh, damn, wow. we're off to a great start. It's, when you're listening to this, it's Thursday the 25th, which is somebody's birthday. George Harris <laughs> of the Beatles, that's right. Also, Sally, Jesse, Raphael. <laughs> also... Liv Tyler, I think. I think Liv Tyler is on my birthday, love. Oh, is that what I'm thinking? Yeah, I was like, because I was just going to say, I think I only have Liv Tyler. I'm going to say 16th anniversary of the release of The Passion of the Christ in theaters. I remember that. Oh, wow. That was a... That was a birthday release? You know how you remember things that happened on your birthday? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. uh, Magic Mike XXL came out on my birthday one year. Yeah, so... Um, Yes, it's my birthday. Great. Love that for me. It's not one of the important ones. And uh, it's fine. I don't know. I don't know what to say about my birthday. It's uncomfortable. It's fine. Well, I'm sure you've had a wonderful birthday. Yeah, I'm sure it's been great. And I... um, You're officially inducted into the quarantine birthday club. Yes, that's right. Because we're coming up on a year. That's right. I think everybody's everybody's gonna be in everybody's going to be in it. Yeah, I thought because actually, my last like, like there was I think it was the twenty eighth or what was last year the 29th, maybe mm-hmm. might have been the 29th mm-hmm. um, of February last year. We went and we went to Jersey City. Yeah, and had our taxes done. We had our tax meeting with our accountant. Yep, annual meeting. Yep. Then went and hung out at a Starbucks for a minute, got some breakfast, mm-hmm. then went to the movies uh, in Brooklyn and saw Birds of Prey, <laughs> which is at the Alamo Draft House, and had yeah. a good beer, which is the last movie that I saw in the theater, was oh. Birds of Prey. Remember movies? And then we went karaoke yeah. with co-workers yeah, in yeah, Brooklyn, yeah. which was super fun. Yeah. And then we went out to dinner with friends for my birthday. We and did. then that was like... That was two weeks before shut, shut it down. down. <laughs> and I just remember that day as just a, like, oh, it, full of things that don't exist right now. Yeah. Like, full of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, so my birthday uh, is going to be different this year. <laughs> it is. Uh, but no less wonderful, <laughs> for I shall be spending it with the ones that I love. <laughs> no? Not believable? <laughs> I'm excited about it. Oh, All right. good. <laughs> um, great. Uh, shall we get into it? Please. Guys. How many movies? Two. 
Two? Two. Wow. Uh, Nothing th- like two movies. They they always say that. <laughs> well, this week we watched uh, Labyrinth from 1986 and A Little Night Music from 1977. So let's start. Let's start with Sondheim, shall we? Let's start with Sondheim. Oh, I didn't put the directors on here. Um, what the f- uh, on our wow called out that we work off of a document. Oh my god, we a little do. peek behind the curtain, a little, a little behind the scenes. Yeah, yes. exactly. Um, a little night music from 1977, directed by Harold Prince. Yes, sometimes goes by Hal Prince. I've learned there was some confusion between you and I about who had directed it. <laughs> Fascinating. Another peek behind the curtain. Jesus. The IMDb summary. Get ready. Strap in. Frederick Egerman. Len Carew, is very happy in his marriage to a 17-year-old virgin, Anne, Leslie Ann Down, only she's been a virgin for the whole 11 months of the marriage, and being a bit restless, Frederick goes to see an old flame, the famous actress Desiree Armfelt, Dame Elizabeth Taylor. Desiree is getting tired of her life and is thinking of settling down, and sets her sights on Frederick, despite his marriage and her own married lover, Count Carl Magnus Middlehelm, Lawrence Guitard. She gets her mother to invite <laughs> the Eggermans to her country estate for the weekend, but when Carl Magnus and his wife Charlotte, Dame Diana Rigg, appear, too, things begin to get farcical. <laughs> and then it says in parentheses, send in the clown. <laughs> and the knight must smile for the third time before all the lovers are united. Gee. Jesus. Jeepers Creepers. That's not a short summary. No, it's not. Is what I will say. It, I didn't not know. A, not a short movie either. No. <laughs> Sorry. You didn't I, know what. I didn't know that uh, Elizabeth Taylor is, is was, she's dead, right? Uh, We're going to go with dead. <laughs> Survey <Well>, says. <laughs> my apologies if she's not dead. I feel like she's dead. Anyway. I just said she's dead. I said rip, it. Rip. Uh, I didn't know she was a dame. Congrats to her. Yeah. I didn't know that either. Um, I don't really know what that means. <laughs> it's like you get a little medal from the queen or some bullshit. Okay. Certificate. <laughs> <laughs> you get a gold star. All right. So this movie is a musical. It yes. It's based on a stage musical by Stephen Sondheim. Stephen Sondheim. And it is a musical. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I. It is a Sondheim musical. Yes. I had never seen this movie. <laughs> you had never seen this movie. I'd never seen this movie, and I don't know the show very well. As I think we... I knew two songs from it. Right. One of them was Send in the Clowns, which I probably first heard on The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> there already here. Um, the, as we discussed last week, we own this. Because I think one Christmas I bought a stack of like Sondheim related DVDs for yeah. you as a gift. Yeah. So there's like a stage production of Into the Woods. Sweeney the Todd Sweeney with Todd. Angela Lansbury. Exactly. Um, like Follies mm-hmm. Company. Mm-hmm. The company with like Stephen Colbert and all those people in it. Mm-hmm. The, um, a couple others. Yeah. Anyway. And this was in there. And you and I had just never gotten to this one. Never watched it. Yeah. So this was a, a fresh, fresh boy for both of us. We call it a fresh boy. <laughs> Do we? <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. How do you, how should we tackle a I little mean, night music? You want to go? <laughs> God. So, uh, so, okay. It, um, 
well, you pop, let's talk about popping off, right? You pop in the disc, it's nothing. There's barely yeah. a menu. When you put the disc in at first, it just starts playing. Yeah. And then you were it's like, there's, there's no menu. But then there there is you a, can find you, the menu. you can pick scenes basically right. where you want to skip to, but it's very, very bare bones. Right. And that's actually a function of like, I realized very quickly watching this mm-hmm. that this movie was not available for a long time. Mm hmm. It, it has this one DVD release mm-hmm. as like, oh, someone finally put it out in the mid-2000s or whatever. Right. And then that's it. Like, it's not available online anywhere. You can't stream it anywhere. Wow. Um, it's not... But also, no one's looking for it. I was going to say, <laughs> you're trying to tell me people aren't clamoring for a little night music? Um, And it's not because the show doesn't have fans. Right. But that no one likes the movie. <laughs> Kind of is how, is how. Which is interesting because I was reading and a lot of the people who were in the show transferred to the movie. Right. Like almost half the cast. Yeah. Like the old woman is Len Carew also. Yeah. And and he's the lead. Yeah. And I think the, the 17 year old, although in the movie, I'm pretty sure they said 18. Yeah. They definitely said 18 in the movie. Which is for the best. <laughs> they also transposed it from Sweden to Austria because that's where they shot and they needed like funding or something. So this is also interestingly based on an Igmar Bergman movie yeah. called Smiles of a Summer Night, which mm. I've never seen. Uh, I said interestingly and now I'm rethinking that. <laughs> because that's the end of the thought? Yep. <laughs> So it's based on a movie I've never seen. Um, anyway, but it is kind of interesting that the stage show that he like adapted a weird, not weird, that's the wrong word, a um, not like smash hit movie. Yeah. Like he adapted a Swedish movie as a stage musical that was a hit in New York. And right. And that is, has been made into this movie. And the movie, I mean, we already talked about what it's about, but it's like... Um, love triangles and country houses and mm-hmm. um, uh, mistaken identity. Not really mistaken identity. I no, guess. there's an there's an illegitimate daughter. Yeah, exactly. What so did she say? There's a line that she has where the brother says, "Miss," and she says, "Armstead, I'm." I'm not legitimate or something. Like oh that. yeah, she says, is that I'm what she said? Yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. legitimate. Yeah. It's really great. This like yeah. child. Armstead, I'm not legitimate. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, so yeah, looks wise, I feel like for a 1977 movie, it looks fine. Like the DVD looks fine. Yeah. There's a lot of like lines in it, but it, it, it honestly felt like, yeah, this is probably the best. (laughs) The print has scratches. It's not like restored or anything. It's also one of those, and I'm not going to be able to articulate this well. It's one of those where the transfer... It's like, I think the word is like non-anamorphic or something. Like, it's just, it's just like in the center of the screen and you kind of have to zoom your TV in a little bit Uh to see it. Like, there's black bars not just at the top and bottom, but also on the sides. Okay. Because it's not like adapted for Like the Eve's Bayou? A little bit like Eve's Bayou. And also it has the look of a transfer that, where like... Again, I'm not, I don't have a vocabulary for this, and I should because we have a DVD podcast. <laughs> but the transfer is like a camera looking at the film running as opposed to oh, okay, like the yeah. film being projected onto essentially like 
the, something that the reads digital. the yeah, yeah the digital yeah the digital which is how I would describe it also. Yes. <laughs> you have to hack the mainframe. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just has the look of a not uh, particularly, like, careful transfer. Like, the, yeah. the the print is all scratched. There's a couple points where you're like, oh, because, like, there would, a, a frame would go by and there would just be, like, Tyler Durden style. Be like, Something was written on that. I don't know what it was. There was a point at which... The, and I don't know if this is the transfer or what, but there's a point at which, like, a song was playing, and then it was just like, bump. Yeah. Like, it just cut off. Yeah, it just cut. It was like the, um, <laughs> where they switched the reels. Yeah. But they just didn't have the tail of that reel. Or yeah. Something. It's really funny. Um, um, anyway, so it stars Len Carew and all these people from the original cast, and then also Elizabeth Taylor, who I think at the time was a huge star. Yeah. You have to. Assume. I mean, I, well, you and I, 90s kids... Probably, I only know her as, like, a cultural reference. Yeah. She's the woman with the purple eyes. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, that's what I know her as. Right, and she was in, is that from the commercials? I don't know. She was oh, in, like, like perfume Diamond? commercials or something? Yes. I think the perfume is called, is it her perfume? Diamonds? Maybe. Oh. But this is what we know her from. <laughs> yeah. And I haven't, I mean, I know she's been in a ton of movies, but I just, I don't, she's just a person who's, like, a blind spot for me. Yeah, me um, too. So, but she's, like, clearly the biggest star in this movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, She also does not sing the opening or closing numbers. Right. Weirdly, just those numbers. Yes. So, it's when it starts, it actually starts with you kind of coming into a theater and people sitting down. And there's this um, funny shot of... So you're walking into the theater and and men and women are taking their seats. And the time period is, I don't know what time period we're supposed to be in. It's not now. Like, it's not current. It's not 77. Yeah, it's early Um, 20th century Austria. Yeah. And then they kind of pan up to the balcony and the doors of the balcony open and all the, like, kind of uh, groundlings run in and and snag their seats. Yeah, that is cool. um, And then... It, the opening number is done on stage, like they're just you're just shooting the stage, and then we kind of go up and dance around with them, and then it converts into a movie, right? Yeah, instead of a filmed play. Yeah, yeah it's it's weird. They're trying. I something. don't hate it, but I don't quite understand it because then we end there as well. Well, it's very much like setting. This is theatrical and yes. setting the stage, and this is taking place in a proscenium and all this stuff. Yeah, and it's like it's also very because it's you know it's a it's a Sondheim opening number, so we're just gonna explain to you what you're about to watch right. in a very complicated way. Like right. that is what it is. So it's everyone singing. There are moments where it's, it it feels like a cacophony. Yep. Um, and they're all dancing and switching partners and and whatever. But yeah, Elizabeth Taylor is not singing that first song. And then they reprise it at the end and she's yeah. not singing then. During the movie, she has a couple of songs that are her singing. Right, like Sending you, the Clowns. Yes, but you can tell that like... it's What's funny about it is that it's like, it's not good. Yeah. But I also, like, anyone who attempts to sing Sondheim and gets it close especially if you're not a singer like i applaud you so yeah. i was really i was both hyper aware that it, that she was not very good and super proud of her <laughs> right well there's something so, about that and i just thought of this 
there's something like I'm not, but this wasn't in my notes or anything. But this is there's something about that that like movie musicals. Mm-hmm. So half these people are like from the stage, yes, and half these people are not. Yeah, and Elizabeth Taylor is very much she she seems very much not, and yeah. she's just singing. And for me, I'm not a theater person. I mean, I love I love Broadway shows and stuff, but I'm not like you're uh, not a theater kid. I'm not a theater kid. Um. The, for me, like the people, when people, when people in movie musicals are kind of just okay at singing Mm -hmm. to me, that works really well. And I, and I think one of our favorite movie musicals, um, is a Sondheim and it's Sweeney Todd Mm. and those people, I mean, you know, the Johnny Depp being a, uh, creep notwithstanding part of it. <laughs> um, yeah. But I do love that movie a lot. And those people, and Helena Bottom Carter is not like a... a phenomenal, phenomenal singer. Phenomenal singer, but... She's fine. She's, she's a phenomenal good, actress. But, yeah. And she's getting through it in like a really fun way. Yeah. And so it's just an interesting thing to see all those those different types in one movie. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because you've got Len Carew, who's great. Is who's, that am I saying that right? Len I Carew? think so. I don't know. Um he's great. And I actually hadn't realized like how many movies I'd seen him in. Yeah. Um like he's in like Spotlight and and a bunch of uh, just a character actor. Yeah but he's like also he's still this working iconic and stage stuff. actor. Yeah. Anyway um, he's great in this he's, movie. Yeah, and he, but he's like singing in the back row. Right, he's <laughs> Broadway, the Great White Way. It is time to sing a little night music. Um, and so, but then you've got like Diana Rigg, who I don't know if she might be a theater Broadway person, yeah, I don't but she know. doesn't. Diana Rigg, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Tell tell him I want him to know it was me. Yeah. No, she's great in this. She's, she's incredible. She's great in everything. Everything. But and we love her in Game of Thrones. But I really did love her in this. I thought yeah. she was really good. She has that one song that she sings in a carriage that's moving. Yeah. And it's clearly like on a soundstage, and there's like people are moving the box that she's in. Yeah. But I was just thinking about that the whole time. I was like, it must be a little like hard to sing while people are just like shaking you. <laughs> um. But it was cool. It was also just she's like it was cool to see Diana Rigg. I don't know. She's cool. She seems so cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. I wrote down. Okay, so one thing we should talk, let's talk about send in the clowns, which send is in the, clowns. the probably the most one of Sondheim's most famous songs. Yes, and definitely the most famous song in this movie. In the, yeah, for sure. And I wrote down, and this is like me being an idiot. Oh, I can't wait. Like I'm not saying this is anybody's fault but my own. Uh huh. I feel no closer to understanding what this song is about <laughs> and like why they're talking about clowns. Like I think I always knew that it wasn't about literal clowns. Yeah. I think yeah. I knew this. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely not about clowns in this movie. <laughs> it's definitely not about clowns. And I'm like oh, waiting for clowns. <laughs> Okay, um, in in its simplest form, just think about when she starts singing that, right? So, so her character, so we find out it's not even this. It's weirdly not a huge reveal, even though I think it's supposed to be. But we find out that her illegitimate daughter is his son, is Len Carew's character's son, or daughter. Jesus Christ, sorry. 
his name is Fe- Frederick and her daughter's name is Frederica. Yeah. Okay. So yes. I think, yes. I think. The daughter and the, the, so Elizabeth Taylor's daughter is. Len, Len Carew's daughter. Yes. Right. Okay. I think. You're right. I guess maybe they never completely confirmed that. But anyway. And so Elizabeth Taylor, Desiree, has come up with this plan, get him to the house, steal him away from his new bride, and, you know, come, we will be a complete family. Yeah. Um, and he gets there, and they've already, in the, the course of the story, they've already, like, like, he sees that she's in town, he goes to the show, then he goes to her, her place afterwards, they have sex, it's wonderful. Um, and so when he goes to this, to the country, and sees her, but he's, he's like, oh, no, 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 like, I'm, I've made peace with my new bride and I am, I'm satisfied and I'm not, I'm not going to leave her. I love her. Right. And so she, so the song is just about essentially her feeling like an idiot because at the the time, yes. Like, well, you know how people have the memes on, on social media where it's like, Oh, like I thought McDonald's served breakfast after 1030 and it's a picture of them putting on clown makeup. Sure. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I think, honestly, I think in its simplest form, it's about her being like, yeah, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. Wow. here. I thought, you know, when, and it's that whole thing. because She's the clown. Yes, because they have the line, the line where it's, you were up in the clouds and I was on the ground and now we've switched. What are the lines? How does the song go? You're I don't know. You're a theater person. I, I know, don't know. But this is not my song time. Born knowing send in the clown. <laughs> a little night music is not my son time, but uh, not but yeah, my son time, <laughs> not nothing my but son respect time. for my son time. Um, so yeah, so it's just about you know, back then when they were sleeping together regularly, she was like, No, no, I'm in the theater and I can't be tied down. And now that she's ready to be tied down, he's like, No, nah, bro, and she's like, Wow, I'm a clown, I'm an idiot. Wow, okay. It really is the original clown meme. Yeah. Great. Um, I also wrote down, the tits are out. (laughs) They are all, like, dressed to reveal bosoms in this movie. Yeah. Well, Um, Sondheim. Sondheim. He's a horny little motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I I wrote. Uh, So I, you know, this is Sondheim, so it sounds like Sondheim, so every song... It's this one, and it's part of what I love about him, is that it's so clearly him, but it's also different. Like, there are bits and pieces that you can, I mean, every composer has this. Every, composers, there are chords that every composer likes, right? So they use them over and over and over again. And there's always things that you can compare, and sometimes it's stuff that's like, oh, this is literally the same song in two different shows. And that is not true of Sondheim, but everything is so specifically him. And then you go, oh, this kind of sounds like this. And then yeah. you try to sing it along, and it's like, oh, no, that doesn't match up at all. But it does sound like that. Like, um, Ordinary Mothers sounds like it's from Into the Woods, but it's not yes. actually anything from Into the Woods. Well, and there's a song where the guy, two guys are playing pool. Yeah. And it, you brought up that it sounds like Agony from Into the Woods. Yeah. It really is like exciting to watch and to start to. I mean, I I don't think I came into this marriage knowing a lot about Stephen Sondheim. <laughs> in fact, did not know who that was. Probably. You're welcome. And now I'm, you know, obsessed. Yeah, you're a, a Sondheim. 
Sand, Sandheim, Sand, Sandheim. Um, <laughs> and so it is like, this is going to sound stupid, but it is like, it's, it's like watching all the Marvel movies or something <laughs> where you're like, Hey, that's uh that's uh, Monica Rambeau. She was the kid in Captain Marvel. <laughs> and it's like, Oh, Hey, that's the same chord that he used to in cap in Pirelli's miracle elixir. Yeah. And then here it is in, in, uh, you know, a little night music. Like it's yeah. just very like exciting in that way. Like the shows all speak to each other yeah. in like a fun, vibrant, alive way. Yeah. You might say being alive, <laughs> being alive, which you might know from the film marriage story. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. I just remember that made me so mad. Why? <laughs> because. <laughs> why did, why did Adam driver singing being alive in marriage story make you mad? Because that motherfucker is so goddamn talented. And then he sang one of the most difficult Sondheim songs live and sounded fucking beautiful. Yeah. And I was like, how very dare you? <laughs> yes. Well, in the middle another... of this, in the middle of this movie, that I was like, "Geez, my mind was being blown by yeah. these performances by Scarlett and Adam Driver." Yeah, and and I was like, "How very dare you, sir!" Like I was <laughs> mad about it. Yeah, we're not talking about marriage story. <laughs> no. Well, you might you might also know the song "Send in the Clowns" from a little movie called The Joker, which ha- <laughs> <laughs> I do not. <laughs> you do not. I know do it not from that movie. <laughs> So I feel like Sondheim had a real year last year where it was like, uh, or two years ago now, Jesus. Oh boy. Um, anyway, uh, the movie, so I, I meant to talk about this earlier. The, the, it's a combination of how cheap the movie is. Like it mm-hmm. looks like they didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. And then, because like, it's not, you know, anyway. And then also how bad the transfer is that watching this like the feeling it gave me mm-hmm. remind this is maybe going to sound weird but it it reminded me of watching Friday the 13th the original one <laughs> like because it just felt cheap and like not well put together but there's a lot of like skill happening yeah in a lot certain, of love happening yeah exactly like i like Friday the 13th a lot more i mean i think we should say like i don't think this is a good movie <laughs> I don't think we've said it yet. I don't think we've said it. Yeah, I don't think, uh, like, I kind of felt like going into it, I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I've been sleeping on a little night music. Yeah. Um, But I don't think I have been. I'm I'm grateful to have finally watched it and kind of, like, have that in in my library, but um, uh, I didn't love it either. Well, you know who also didn't love it? Who? Stephen Sondheim. <laughs> so this is a selection from the book Finishing the Hat. Finishing the Hat. Which is a collection of all of Sondheim's lyrics. Wait, is this from, in Finishing the Hat or Look, I Made a Hat? This is in Finishing the Hat. Oh, okay. Which is lyrics from 1954 to 1981. Okay. Look, I Made a Hat is 1981 to 5 of the shows in this collection have been made into movies, only one of which found a satisfactory cinematic transposition, Tim Burton and John Logan's adaptation of Sweeney Todd. Sondheim, I agree. <laughs> I love that movie. The others, West Side Story, Gypsy, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum, and A Little Night Music, use cinematic techniques such as rapid editing and cross-cutting, but they were essentially stage productions opened up in terms of setting and spectacle. Um... 
first of all, that's a lot of shade on West Side Story, which a lot of people think is one of the best movies ever made. No, well, I, I, and not to cut you off, but this is definitely t- something I wrote down because that is something that I knew that he, um, and I, the last time I, I, last time I talked to old Stevie Boy, no, the last time this, so when Sweeney Todd happened, <laughs> sorry everyone, when Sweeney Todd happened, meaning Into the Woods had not happened yet, he said, I have never liked any of, the transfers of my musicals to movies Mm -hmm. until this one. Yeah. And that was like a big thing because as you said, West Side Story beloved for some reason. (laughs) Whoa. Oh shit. No, she didn't. You know what? We have that on DVD. Great. Can't wait. Um, the least successful in every way was A Little Night Music. Oh. And for good reason. It's at heart, a leisurely and static show. Two qualities movies find hard to deal with. Mm. Um, then he goes on to talk about how Hal Prince convinced him to do it. Uh, he didn't want to do it. Um, oh, as a movie buff, I knew in advance the film couldn't work without radical rethinking and tried to persuade Hal and Hugh not to attempt it, but to no avail. And then <laughs> Hal Prince convinced him to do it. And then immediately upon starting to shoot, Hal Prince started writing him letters saying like, this is a disaster. Why did you let me do this? Etc. So Steven Sondheim says that this is the least successful in every way of his film adaptations. Which... Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> well, it's just like, it's one of those musicals. It's, I don't know. I, uh, what am I, what am I thinking right now? So you've got your kind of classic standard musicals. You've got your My Fair Lady uh, Rodgers and Hammerstein, Cinderella, these classic, t- like, period piece musicals, mm-hmm. right? And so it feels like A Little Night Music is trying to be that. Um, I don't think that Sondheim fits in that world. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. What's your favorite Sondheim musical? Not movie, but just musical. How dare you? Oh god. It this is so cliche, but it, it truly is such a toss up between Into the Woods and Sweetie Todd. Great. Um that. You're such a theater cliche. I truly am. I'm going to own it. I truly am. Um Sweeney Todd is is this amazing, like, horror musical. Mm-hmm. And I just love it so much. Yeah, like, I, I love, love it, so much. I, I, it, it does not make sense to me yeah. that someone has pulled off a horror film <laughs> as a musical. Yeah. And, and not just like we're making fun of horror, not like no. light and fluffy, like, Everything about it, from the characters to the lyrics to the music, is is horrifying. Yeah, and, and it's a tragedy. Yes. So it, and it's just... Oh, and Into the Woods is... It's like everything that Into the Woods uh, says, all of the themes that it addresses... Uh, really like resonate with me. Ew, gross. Um, not gross. It's not <laughs> gross to be affected by art. <laughs> Jesus, let yourself feel a thing. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, everything that 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 musical is is trying to say and and talk about about like journeys and and learning things is it feels very like like into the woods is the one is one of the ones that I listen to and I cry all the time. Sure, yeah, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's just yeah, I know, brilliant. I know what song you cry at. Which I've one? Watched, it's the one about uh, like uh, you're never alone or whatever, <laughs> right? <laughs> Or yeah. no, and it's about people will leave you in the woods, right? Yeah. So yeah. sometimes people leave you halfway through the woods. There you go. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, on that. No. no, oh no, she's crying, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Um uh all right. <laughs> You're never alone or whatever. <laughs> uh great. I feel like we've talked more about <laughs> little night music than anyone has ever ever talked about it. Um as you said, it's not available. It's not available anywhere. Right, like that Shit, is man. kind of an interesting thing about this. Yeah, it's, it's just one of those that like it's not a movie anybody gives a shit about, um, for good reason. <laughs> but you know, it's not nothing. Like it's like I had a nice time watching it. I didn't think yeah. it was a good movie, but I like was glad to watch it. Yes, you know what I mean. And yeah. like it, the songs are. Stephen There's, Sondheim yeah, songs. Yeah, like, Ordin- good. Ordinary Mothers is great. Yeah. I loved that song. I did write down, this wife song sucks. <laughs> With, oh, the one that the wife was singing, the 17-year-old? No, it was like, you gotta meet my wife, like, whatever. Something about, like, you sh- you really need to meet my wife because she's great. Oh, that the two of, oh, that's the, like, patter song. That the, that, oh, that's that the agony? Desiree, no, 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 that Desiree oh. and uh, what Frederick were singing to each other. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This yeah that wasn't great. Sucks. <laughs> um. Anyway. All right, let's move on. Hey, what's the connection? All right, Diana Rigg. Mm-hmm. So this is connecting a little night music and labyrinth. Diana Rigg, who plays Charlotte Middleheim, starred as Lady Holiday in The Great Muppet Caper. Oh my god. Starring uh, a lot of the puppeteers from this, but also Brian Henson, who's yeah. Jim Henson's son. So <gasps> Wow. The Great Muppet Caper Lady Holiday. I'm trying to think of who that is. I don't remember the Great Muppet Caper well. I know we had it on like a VHS tape when I was a kid. That's like, the one taped. where they steal the diamond, right? And there's yeah. like a baseball diamond scene. I I don't remember. Anyway. Taped off of <laughs> some TV network, but um I know we had it. But I don't, and I know I watched it a bunch when I was a kid, but I haven't watched it since then. So I love that. Anyway, so that is a pretty solid connection. That's pretty great. Well done. On to Labyrinth, Labyrinth from 1986, directed by Jim Henson. Jim Henson. The IMDb summary: 16-year-old Sarah is given 13 hours to solve a labyrinth and rescue her baby brother Toby when her wish for him to be taken away is granted by the Goblin King, Jared. All right. Labyrinth. That was, yep, that's the, the summary. That's the summary. <laughs> so DVD looks, it does look fine, and it's got a few extra features on it. Yeah. Documentary stuff. Yeah, yeah. I feel like this movie in particular, um, at least recently, has had a real, like, resurgence. And, and like, yeah. you know, 80s movies have have had a real, like... Right. You got your labyrinth, you got your dark crystal, you got your fucking never ending story. Right. All three of those heavy rotation when I was yeah. young and Oh and yeah. Also, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like I, think- I don't remember 
watching Labyrinth for the first time. It right. just has always been there. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's impossible for me to separate this from nostalgia. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, I, like yeah. I can't tell you if this is a good movie. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's not a great movie. Yeah, I think that technically, no, it's not a great movie. But I think in a in a very, like, cult way, it's right. a good... In the same way that, like, Rocky Horror is not a good movie. Right. And, and then it's like, well, what does good movie mean? Do I right. like it? Then, yeah, it's good. Oh, you know whoa, what I mean? Oh, bro. No, but you know what I mean. Like, it's like, I don't mean to be like, oh... They don't. They they don't save the cat on page thirty or whatever. Like, you know what I mean, like that, or like, oh, the, the mise en scene. There's continuity errors. It's like, good movie. What does that mean? It's like, do we like this movie? Does right. it evoke something in you? Then yeah, it's good. Right. Um. Um. And it, this definitely evokes things in me. It certainly does. You've got Jennifer Connelly, who. Here's a weird thing about me. I. For some reason, like, you know how we all have those, like, actors or actresses that are just associated with something and you're like, I don't like this guy. Yeah. Mine is Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. (laughs) Which is, like, not very nice, but it's because she won an Academy Award for something. I think it was Mind. Beautiful Mind? A Beautiful Mind. I was like, a restless mind, a spotless mind. I couldn't remember. A Beautiful Mind. The mind was beautiful. It was beautiful. She won the Oscar for that, and she went up, and she just looked so dead. <laughs> like, like I... not like she looked ugly. Like, she looked, like, dead inside. Like, you just won an Oscar, and she looked like... She just... And, and listen, I don't need, like, a breakdown. I don't need you, like, screaming and crying and whatever. Right. But it just... There was something that came off as like ungrateful to me at the time. Yeah. And that's just burned in my brain. I feel it's possible. I could go back and watch her speech and it would be totally fine. Right. And also like, who cares? Right. And like, <laughs> but for wh- some reason it was formative in my brain. <laughs> While I know, I know what you mean because I've had the same reaction to certain Oscar speeches, especially. Yeah. yeah. I know exactly what you mean, but you know, what's interesting about that is that like something that has kind of, um, uh, disabused me of that is watching so much true crime where people are like convinced that someone is a killer because of how they act at the funeral mm, or yeah. how they act in the moments after mm-hmm. a murder, like the police show up. Yeah, and, it's and like, you just don't know. Yeah, and like then they find out later the person was innocent, but they were acting weird, and it's like, well, yeah, you don't know how you would act. Yeah, that's you true. You don't know how you would act. That's if, true. You won an Oscar or your whole family was murdered. <laughs> you just don't know. You just don't and know. And so, like, like, I definitely had that thing where I was like, that person is acting like a dumb, ungrateful cow. <laughs> uh, you know, when, when, they win, when they win an Oscar and then watching all these things where it's like, oh, the police said that you, like, smiled weird at the funeral and then they, that's why you're in prison for 40 years. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Yeah. It uh, really, so I'm not, I am sympathetic. Yeah. And then saying. with this movie, and, and what's funny about that is that, is that as an actress, I think she's great. Like, I've yeah. seen her in plenty of things. I think in, um... Little Children, she's phenomenal. Yeah, I love that movie. And she has, like, this kind of small role playing, like, a not great person. Right, could be thankless. Yeah, but she does a phenomenal job, I feel Mm -hmm. like. Um, But I think some of it, too, is with Labyrinth specifically, I have a memory, and 
I feel like she's gonna deny either not remember this and deny it, or like remember it really clearly. Who Hello, Sister Sydney. Um, I have a pretty clear memory of her going like like just like making fun of Jennifer Connelly's acting in this film, being very like, oh, she's so whiny. Oh, no, 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 no. And like just a teenager. Like, yeah. <laughs> so your sister was a teenager making yes, fun of. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Um, but what's and and what's funny about that is that you know, watching this again, I felt like, yeah, that's how you, uh, she's, she's 16 in this film. And like, I was not, I much like now it's like, I like fantasy. Um, but I'm not necessarily like hardcore fantasy girl, but I hung out with and knew plenty of hardcore fantasy people who would, you know, like want to go LARPing and shit. But, um, and it feels like that's how they would act. You know what I mean? Like flitting yeah. about in a field and like, right. like well, it's a pretty good portrayal. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like petulant and selfish. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the thing, I mean, you read about this movie and there's like 20, 30 versions of the script that mm-hmm. went, that went back and forth and they couldn't decide or whatever. But I think the thing where they make her unlikable, cause she is really like, she's pretty unlikable. And she wishes her, her, Brother baby brother to be kidnapped she wishes for it and it happens yeah uh kidnapped by the goblin king um to make her kind of unlikable in that way and and selfish in that way and then have it be a redemption story now i don't think the story of this movie is like particular <laughs> like it feels undercooked you know what i mean it's, mm, it doesn't sure. feel like it doesn't feel like beat by beat they like they really like nail it every time yeah but that's not what you come to labyrinth for no you come to labyrinth for like the puppetry and the design and, and the, the set david design bowie's and the, package and the and... david bowie of it all like i mean we haven't talked about david bowie oh my god but the fact i mean this movie stars david bowie and it is the word iconic was invented yeah for this for, role yeah and for, Which is hilarious because again he's not very good at the acting part. Of <laughs> well, there's not much to do. I mean, I, yeah, that's true. But it is very funny to watch because you know, as a kid, you you watch something and you have this very like, it for me anyway. It feels like a lot of it goes in fast forward. They're the parts that you like that you pay close attention to, and the rest of it is just right. So. But as an adult, when you're actually watching it and you're like watching him do these scenes, you're like, oh, sweetie, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. Um, but yeah, he just he looks incredible. He he sounds incredible when yeah. he's speaking. It's like the, his voice is incredible. Yeah. Uh, when he's singing, it's great. Um, magic dance is like burned in my brain. Yeah. Magic dance it's is still so the best thing ever. The part where in the beginning where he's talking and the all the little goblins laugh and then he's like shut up or whatever and then he like makes a joke and he laughs and then he goes well and they all laugh oh now we're supposed to laugh it's so great yeah. it's so wonderful um i love the little pit bit of um trivia about juggling the glass balls mm-hmm. they had, in like- the beginning it's the choreographer it's, so it's not CGI, which there is CGI in this film, but yeah. that's not one of the parts. The, There's like a CGI owl in the beginning yeah. or, the end or something, right? Yeah, yeah, in the beginning. But the, the glass balls are not CGI. It's an actual person who has stuck his arm, who's hiding underneath David Bowie's costume, stuck his arms through right. 
to make it looks like look like it's David Bowie's arms. So not only is he actually doing that, but he's doing it blind, which like, is whose line insane. Is it anyway? yeah. yeah, like the whose line is it anyway thing. Right. Um, but it's insane and it looks so cool. Um the the puppetry, I mean, this so so Jim Henson made the Dark Crystal, mm-hmm. then made this. Yeah. This apparently, I was reading, was not received well at the time. Not and shocking. was was kind of a dud at the box office and then like sent him into a spiral a little bit and This is a, his last like like movie he directed. Directed, yeah. yeah. Exactly. But the puppetry in it is incredible. Yeah. I mean, obviously. Right. That's you a expect thing to nothing say. less, but Right. But like you know, the the from the door knockers to oh my God. Hoggle to I mean Hoggle's not a puppet I guess Hoggle's a person no 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 well Hoggle is a person but the face is uh, puppeteers uh, manipulating like computer wow. animatronic stuff yeah wow Hoggle is like I mean that's a character it's like mm-hmm. you know it's like what they would do decades later with Lord of the Rings and Gollum and yeah. stuff and. and they, I mean, Gol- uh, Hoggle and Gollum, Jesus Christ. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, this movie's so influenced by all that stuff, obviously. Yeah. But, um, but Hoggle is such a, like, fully realized character to me. Yeah. Of He's flawed and he's grumpy and, like, all that stuff. And it, it's just an amazing achievement, technically. Yeah. I have more love in my heart, I think, for Dark Crystal. Because it's just weirder. Yeah, it's creepier. And it's, like, creepier, exactly. And it has, like, it's... You know, there's no humans in it. It's fully... Yeah. You're just in that world and there's no getting out. Um, But, I, you know, I'll always love Labyrinth. Yeah. I don't know. It's like... it. it yeah. I feel like they're pretty on, on the same level for me because cause Dark Crystal is creepier and, and cooler in that way and, and more of the fantasy. But then um, Labyrinth has music in it. So... Yeah. It's that, for me anyway, that, yeah. that really, like, helps it get up to the same yeah. level but there's um, no, the music is like good but it you just wish it again feels like undercooked to me or something. yeah yeah that's true like it's i true. wish it was i wish there was more i mean you have fucking david bowie i know you have fucking david bowie where's the opening number where's the like what is it 11 o'clock number the 11 o'clock number yeah where like i i know this isn't a real like musical musical but it is. Yeah. He sings. It should be. It should exactly. be. And he, it feels like, oh, I wish they had just gone a little further and like done more with the music and stuff. Because, yeah. I mean, these are David Bowie songs. He wrote them and stuff. So, yeah. And, and stuff. Yeah. And stuff. Um, yeah. You've got all your classic characters. You've got Hoggle, as you said. You've got Ludo. You've got Sir Didymus, which you is just like, I love Sir Didymus so much. <laughs> I think maybe just because I like saying Sir Didymus. Yeah. Um, Ambrosius, his little sheepdog. Yeah. You've got the worm. Yeah, the, the worm, worm is great. The worm oh. is amazing. And that that the worm is such a great example of just like, like I feel like if this movie, I mean, the way our cultural ecosystem works now. Mm-hmm. The worm would have to have like its own ten part series <laughs> that would you know what I mean? Like it feels like everything there you have a one off character who is hilarious and wonderful and then just goes away for the rest of the movie. Yeah. And that's it. And you ne- have not heard of the worm since nineteen eighty six. Right, exactly. And now it would be like it would it would just I don't know, I just love that 
this movie just exists. Little things pop up. They're magical. They're wonderful. They go away. Yeah. It is funny to think about how as a child, one of the funniest things I'd ever heard in my life was was a worm saying in a British accent, no, I said hello, but that's yeah. close enough. Like, why? Hello. Why is that funny? Yeah. I don't know, but there it is. I don't know. Um, it's creepy, this movie? It is pretty creepy. And it's, and it's you know, uh, scary. Like, the, the oubliette and the hands. The hands. Oh, the hands was like, when I was a little kid. That was, like, scary. Very scary. Yeah, and then they're running and the thing, and the, like, the Indiana Jones ball is chasing them. Yeah. The, the cleaners. That, the cleaners. The cleaners. Yeah. That was very scary when I was a kid. The old woman, the, like, junk woman at the end. Yeah. Who, like, they go into... Um, Sarah's room. Yeah. And she starts throwing things away and like all the, like, and it's very like evocative and strange. And, and maybe it's, again, it's impossible for me to separate this from yeah. watching it a million times as a child. So there is a weird thing too, just talking about the creepiness of level of it. Um, so there's the, the, the weird, the other David Bowie song at the, the masked ball. Mm-hmm. It's very, um, opening of Sweeney Todd. Yeah. If you will. Um, where she's kind of under his spell, he's tra- and he's just like tracking her through this party, and I just remember that not registering as a child that part, like it yeah. completely glossing over that, and as a as a teenager and as a young woman, that that part becomes a lot scarier. A creepy yeah. man stalking you at a party right. <laughs> becomes and a lot scarier. Yeah, and she's like 15 or whatever. Yeah. And he's obviously much older. Much older. So, yeah. Um, and But, you know, and I, I, the magic of this, of Labyrinth is incredible. Just like mm-hmm. from the, the, the puppets to the, that yep. final scene with the stairs and him like, yeah, the MC Escher stairs. Yes. Oh my God, so great. I will say that the whole movie is a, is this achievement of a lovely mix of practical effects and puppetry and animatronics and a little bit of CGI. And then you get to the, um, I believe they're called the Fireies. Oh yeah. Yeah, the <laughs> and, Fireies. And it's like that whole scene, I'm like, Something happened here. Yeah. It's like, first of all, it's creepy as fuck. Like, Ella straight up hates it. Like, yeah. it's like, has never actually said I'm afraid of it, but, like, is very clearly like, this is not okay. Because yeah. they all, like, take their heads off and, like, they take their eyes out. Um, but also, there's something about, so it's, those are, those are, peop- like, the puppets are attached to people and then the people are draped in black mm-hmm. so that you can't see them. Yeah. Um, and it just looks bad. Yeah, it just doesn't look great. <laughs> it looks bad. It is. Um, it's a oh. cool idea, and and today possibly you could have put them in like a green suit, and it yeah. would have been fine. But um, but yeah. Well, they also <laughs> have a weird energy. They're very. It's yeah. very strange. And the song is weird. <laughs> it's like not. Yeah. yeah, it's not a good song. <laughs> um, yeah, labyrinth baby. Labyrinth baby. Um. Yeah. Uh, is it available? It's available to rent or buy. It's not uh, on okay. any streaming services. Okay. Yeah. I feel like, I feel weird that we spoke so much about A Little Night Music <laughs> and about Labyrinth. I don't have that much to say. And it's partly because I just, I, I can't separate it from having watched it as a child so much. It's like, yeah. it just, it's like, uh, the Beatles or something. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, it exists. Like it's it's a thing that I love that is great. Yeah, it's not 
but I'm not, you know what I mean? It has its flaws that I can see as an adult. Yeah. But so does everything. Yeah. And it is, it is really nice to, again, because of that nostalgia, it is really nice to like show it to our kids and get yeah. their reactions to it. And we did watch it with our three year old recently for the yeah. first time. She was into it for a while. Yeah. She's like a little mm-hmm. less, like Ella has always kind of been, uh, our eight year old has always kind of been, uh, good at watching things like she's always she's always been really interested in it and 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 wanting to pay attention and our three-year-old is a little bit less so like there's stuff that really grabs her and sucks her in cocomelon man keep your kids away from cocomelon yeah um (laughs) i do not know what it is i don't know what it's doing to her brain i feel like it's like mk ultra stuff yeah seriously um cocomelon there's stuff that sucks her in but there's there's plenty of stuff where she's kind of like meh yeah (laughs) she's like i would rather be i don't know jumping off the couch yeah exactly like a crazy lady any who's all um labyrinth labyrinth baby uh i gotta say heading into the verdict here i'm a little torn weirdly yeah and it's literally only because a little night music is not available anywhere. Right. And I mean, it, this is why you have physical media. Right. This is the whole thing. This is exactly this why. Is the whole thing that we're heading into as a culture is like, I mean, <laughs> don't get me started. <laughs> you, I went on a rant to Liza this weekend about how people treat the streaming services like their parents. <laughs> they, they, oh, Disney Plus is going to let me watch this this weekend. And it's like, uh, I think I was shouting, grow up, grow the fuck up. People. He really was, you guys. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, you got to get your priorities. The <laughs> world's falling apart in a lot of ways. And this is not something to get mad about. No. Um, but but yeah. yeah, I, I, it's, it, the fact that you cannot get it anywhere else, the fact that it is, um, Sondheim. So there's a little bit of that kind of like collector in me as a, as a Sondheim fan. Yeah. As like, Oh, this is a cool thing that I have. Right. I don't know that that means that I'll, I'd ever watch it again, but I don't but you know that show I'm... it to someone or watch it with a friend or yeah, something. I don't know that I'm like, okay to part with it, but also like, we're not getting rid of labyrinth. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. Not cause I'll ever watch a little night music again. Right. I will not. Right. I mean, I could see you watching again, going back to like watch at least one number again. Or exactly. Like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, so I don't know what you want to do. What Steve, do you want to do? Should we Steve rule it? <gasps> the Steve rule. Okay. A reminder. For <laughs> listeners. The Steve rule is named after my brother, Steve. <laughs> His name's Steve. Steve. And he came up with a rule. We call it the Steve rule. <laughs> Um, where he, where it's like, okay, we don't want to get rid of either one of these. So you pick a random number and you have Have to to get get rid rid of of that that one. one. (laughs) Whatever it is, you don't get a choice. You have to get rid of it. Last time it worked out great. It really did, but it won't always work out great. So it's a real risk. That's the beauty of the Steve rule, you guys. The beauty of the Steve rule. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. All right. I'm like nervous, genuinely nervous. Hearts a pounding. Okay. <laughs> I, do, I don't feel that nervous. <laughs> uh, hey, Siri. Uh huh. Pick a number between 1 and 1,321. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 777. 777. Lucky sevens, baby. Is. 
a movie called Maggie's Plan from 2016, which we got sent for free. <laughs> okay. Picked up for free. Did we watch it? We've never watched it. Great. <laughs> and maybe we'll I'm, maybe we'll check it out some other time. But in, we, in some other way, right? Like, but we don't need a physical copy of it. I guess probably not because we've never watched it. So really, the Steve rule has worked out yet again. Yet again. Love that. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> um, uh, great. And Maggie's Plan might be a great movie. I have no idea. I, Who knows? I literally don't know what it is. And that's ignorance on my part. I'm sorry to Maggie if she's listening. <laughs> I'm sure it's a great plan. Yeah. I respect your plan. Yeah. Okay. We can move on. I'm so Let's sorry that I keep talking about Maggie's Plan. All right. All right. So we're keeping them both. We're keeping them both. We're getting rid of getting Maggie's riggy, plan. Rig, getting riggy. Getting riggy with it. Getting riggy. Na, 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 na. <laughs> okay, should we pick the next matchup? Oh my God, I forgot we had to do this part. We, we got to do it. <laughs> we got to do it. We got to, you know what we got to pick? Two movies. Let's do it. Let's do it. Hey Siri. Hmm? Pick a number between 1 and 1,321. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 1,151. 1,151 is from 1984. Stop making sense. Uh, what? What? You, you said that as if I would know what it was. It's a Talking Heads concert movie directed by Jonathan Demme, and it's one of the great... Uh, Movies to spoil my, how I feel about it. <laughs> All right, can't wait. <laughs> All right, let's see what's going up against it. Hey Siri. Uh huh. Pick a number between one and one thousand three hundred twenty-one. A random number between one and one thousand three hundred twenty-one is one hundred fifty. One hundred fifty. From two thousand three, a movie I've never seen. Oh. Bend it like Beckham. Ooh, it's a good one. It's okay. a good one. Bend it like Beckham is so good. Legit. Okay. So good. Great. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Great. I love it. All right. That's a good pairing. That's a, yeah. Stop making sense. Bend it like Beckham. So one I've seen and you haven't. And one that you've seen and I haven't. Two classics gonna be a tough one next week gonna be a tough one again let's see if the marriage survives <laughs> i think it'll survive I, you know what i do too we've gotten this far <laughs> it's true <laughs> um, all right you guys thank you so much for listening especially if you got this far we're dvd deathmatch in all of the places we got the insta we got the twitter we got the gmail we got the whorl why web i hope you're taking care of yourselves and uh Wearing a mask still and getting a vaccine. Yeah, getting a vaccine if you can get it. If you can get it. Because I'm sick of this shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, come back next week and see who survives DVD Deathmatch. What, what would a Dr. Pepper slogan be? Uh, the, the, the doctor is flavorful. Because <laughs> there's 20. 20-
The doctor is in your mouth. <laughs> the doctor will see you now to Flavortown. No, that's a that's a guy Fieri thing. Oh, is it? Flavortown? Yeah, he's the mayor of Flavortown. I Get appreciate that you put respect on his name though. Yeah. Spaghetti. Spaghetti. <laughs> Fieri.